Hi, welcome to episode three of Did That Really Happen? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm actually chuckling to myself because it has been an atrocious month <laughs> health-wise. Um, so my fiance and I both got COVID and it was horrible. Both of us are vaxxed and boosted and, you know, we were told that Oh, if you get COVID after you've been vaxxed and boosted, it won't be that bad. Well, they lie. <laughs> it was awful. Um, I, I This would be, I think, the third time I've had COVID. And two of them were while I was boosted and vaxxed and all of that. And the first time I had it was back in 2019 before we even knew how bad it could be. But... This time, I think, was the worst out of all of them. And it, it, it stayed with me for a week and a half. And one week I test positive, the next I test negative. And, you know, it, it just was not fun. And my fiancé actually had a really difficult time with it, too. He's actually still dealing with this cough that just won't go away but luckily he's taking vitamins and mucinex and cough syrup and all this and it's starting to work itself out so hopefully all will be ironed out and well with him soon um so the last time I had recorded which was quite a while ago I believe a month and a half I had made mention at the end that I was going to speak about my ex and how all of that happened Um, and I'll dive right in. So for anonymity's sake, I'm, I'm going to keep his name out of it. Um, for those who know me, they know who he is. Um, and believe me, the general consensus with every single person in my life was that he was not a good guy. And for whatever reason, I didn't see it when we were first dating and I should have listened and turned around and ran in the opposite direction as quickly as possible with my arms flailing behind me. Um, But I digress. So we had met in 2010 through a culturally appropriate dating app um, and it was a super fast romance. Um, He love-bombed me like crazy. Um, And even in the beginning, there were little little signs that I should have picked up on, but I was just wrapped up in finishing up my education. And, you know, you're working on a master's degree. The last thing that you're thinking about is looking for teeny tiny little signs in a a guy you're dating. And, um, yeah, so I, I just didn't pick up on things. I mean, as I stated, just love bomb like crazy. And it felt good. And at that time, the word love bomb wasn't really a thing. Um, You know, neither was, I don't know what that term is. Um, I, I, I don't even remember what the term is, but where, you know, you, you're coerced and, all of these horrible gaslit that's right gaslighting I was gaslit like nobody's business but that didn't happen until we were actually married 
So, yeah, we had met, um, actually, I'll take that back. In December of 2009, we had met. And in March of 2010, we got married. And by... (laughs) By August of 2010, I had moved to Southern California and was commuting back and forth between the Central Valley to Southern California so that I can finish up my master's degree. Now, the beginning of the marriage wasn't that bad. Um, As I stated, I saw little things here and there, but as, as our marriage progressed and the longer we stayed... Um, the more the gaslighting took place and emotional abuse and mental abuse and, you know, just abuse. And he had gotten to the point where he was pitting me against my family members and trying to poison me against my family members and make me think that all of them were bad and that they were out to get me and out to get him. And I was manipulated into thinking that, you know, my, my life should revolve around him. And, you know, the analogy that I can give is this. Um, I felt like a lobster being placed in a cold pot of water and the heat was slowly being increased and I wasn't realizing I guess that I was being cooked to death (laughs) Um, and in the final months of our marriage I, I finally opened up my eyes and I was trying to strategize and figure out a way to get out of the marriage and get away from him as quickly as possible but you know financially we just weren't in the place and as I had stated in the last podcast living in Southern California is atrociously expensive. And so, you know, what, what little money I was making, I was paying towards bills and whatever was left over, he was taking and spending it on things that suited him. You know, um, for instance, he, he likes smoking cigars. So he would buy extremely expensive cigars and smoke them. And he would buy, all of these things that would suit his hobbies and comic books and baseball cards and football cards and memberships to things. And it, it was just, it was horrible. I I couldn't make ends meet. And, you know, luckily I had a secret savings account that I had part of my paycheck stacked away to. Um, and I had a 401k and, you know, things that he didn't know about because I had learned that um, since he wasn't working and he refused to get a job and he came up with every excuse in the book not to work, um, I had to put myself first in situations and I actually started being more intelligent about my financial well-being. So with that said, I just was not happy And luckily I had woken up and I started recognizing signs of abuse and it, it, it was enough for me to strategize about my exit. So 
what happened was my mom passed away um, in June 2019 and we came home for my mom's funeral and the night that we had gotten home well to the Central Valley we stayed with my aunt and uncle or we were going to stay with my aunt and uncle and the moment we walked in the door there was this immense tension between everybody because nobody liked them nobody I mean everybody had a problem with them and I knew it because I recognized who he was and I had gotten to the point where I was making excuses for his behavior just to try and be the peacekeeper until I figured out a way to get out so this night that we had come back to the Central Valley um Everybody had gone to bed. We had gone to bed. We were staying at my aunt and uncle's house. And um, it was right at the beginning of the hot weather. And in the Central Valley in California, the hot weather can get ghastly. So we had gotten up because it was super hot and... We went outside to, outside of the bedroom area to the kitchen area and my uncle was sitting there having a scotch and reading the paper and he had offered us a scotch and I had, in the course of this conversation that I'm about to describe, I had three scotch on the rocks and I can't remember how many he had had, but in this time period, within I would say a 45 minute period of time, things just blew up. Um, my uncle and my ex got into it. They got into a, a very bad heated verbal altercation and it had gotten to the point where my uncle almost threw a punch at him. And at that point, my ex walked out into the backyard, um, took off his wedding band and threw it in the ashtray while he was smoking a cigarette and said, I regret the day that I ever met you. I regret the day that I ever met your family. This is over. Take me back to LA. And I went inside and my uncle had told me, I'm sorry, I love you, but you have to leave. He cannot be here. I cannot be around him. I don't want him in my house. He has just disrespected me. And I understood completely. And I went back outside and my ex asked me what my uncle had said and I told him. And he started cussing and started refusing to leave the house. And I told him that we had no choice. We had to leave and that we could go stay at my mom's house. And we went back inside. We packed up our bags and we left and mind you I was super drunk and so was he and I drove big mistake and when we rolled up to my mom's house which was about maybe a half a mile I would say yeah maybe a quarter mile to half a mile away from my aunt and uncle's house um I I turned off the car we got out and he looked at me and he said I cannot stay here I can't stand that house. Either we get a hotel room or you take me back to LA. And I'm like, well, we have no money. 
for a hotel room. He goes, well, then you take me back to LA. And I said, are you kidding? I said, it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm drunk and I cannot drive. And he said, well, I'm not staying here. So I guess I'm going to walk. And if something happens to me, then it's your fault. So against my better judgment, I got in the car and I started driving back to Los Angeles. And the more I drove, the angrier I got, the angrier I got, the faster I drove. I made it from the Central Valley. And when I say the Central Valley, I mean the Dab Central Valley, like right in the center to Los Angeles in two and a half hours. And my ex and I are just screaming at each other and arguing in the car the entire way from the 99 over the grapevine to the five to the 405 all the way to our apartment. And (laughs) as soon as I parked the car, he said, you know what, right now let's just go upstairs and go to sleep and we'll talk about this in the morning. And I said, yeah, sure, whatever. And we took our bags upstairs and he went to sleep and I laid there next to him, listening to him snore and fart all night long until the sun started coming up and I heard my phone buzzing. I stayed awake, by the way, the whole night. And I heard my phone buzzing and I got up and I tiptoed out of the bedroom. I closed the door, closed the door to the hallway and I answered the phone and it was my aunt, my uncle's wife, and asking me if I was okay, if we made it home safely. And my sister was on the phone with her and both of them told me, you need to leave now and you need to come home. And at that point, I said, well, I have no place to go. And they said, well, my aunt said, you can come and stay with us and you just need to leave now. And I said, well, you know, I have to pack the cats up. I have, because I have three cats. Um, And I said, I have to pack the cats up. And I said, I I need to get into the car and I don't know how I'm going to do that. And she said, you know what? She said, stop trying to come up with excuses. She said, get your cats, get your purse, come home. She said, I will call you in a half an hour to see if you've left the house. And I said, okay. So like a fire had been lit under my butt. (laughs) I rushed around the apartment collecting like super important documents, like my social security card, my birth certificate, all of that, which I had in a safe in the bookcase. And I went into the bedroom, grabbed a pair of socks, grabbed my purse, got the cat carriers, mind you, doing all of this while being super stealthy and quiet. At one point, I actually crawled in the bedroom. And whenever I heard him stir, I actually stopped because I was afraid he was going to wake up. Because if he knew that I was leaving again, he would try to stop me and love bomb me and gaslight me. And I couldn't. This was my moment. This was my escape. This was it. So after I got the cat carriers out, I, I wrangled the cats into the carriers, put them outside, um, right outside the door, got my purse, put on my shoes, got my keys, and 
closed the door, locked it, and got my cats and walked to my car, put them in, started my car, and began my freedom drive. And he had no idea. So about five minutes into my drive, my aunt calls me, are you on the road yet? And I said, yes, I'm on the road. I'm almost to the 405 and I am not going back. And she said, okay. So long story short, I got back to Fresno. (laughs) There you go. Now you know where I live. I live in Fresno. I got back to Fresno about three and a half hours later and I had nothing with me except my purse, my important documents, and my three cats, and my pajamas that I had on my back. I was, I had no luggage, no suitcase, nothing. Luckily, I had clothes at my mom's house, and um, I was able to actually wear them, which was great, but I had to go shopping for clothes for the funeral. But long story short, I was out. And while I was on my drive, um, as I was driving through Visalia, he calls me and he said, so where are you? And I said, well, I left. And he said, I saw that you left. Where did you go? When will you be back? And I said, I'm not coming back. And he had gotten silent and he said, well, what do you mean you're not coming back? And I said, I'm done. I said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I see you for who you are and what you've done to me. You have ruined my life. And I said, that's it. We're done. And I will be by within the month to pick up my belongings. And I will file for divorce once I get myself settled in Fresno. And that'll be the end of it. So I hung up on him. And... Again, another long story short, um, when I got to my aunt's house, it was, you know, decision-making time. What am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go? But before I had gone to my aunt's house, I had actually gone over to my mom's and I I let the cats out of their carriers and they stayed at my mom's house. And I was going to stay at my aunt's house, but I realized that quickly that was not going to be ideal because... My, my cats needed me and I needed them and I decided to come to my mom's house and stay here, um, which by the way, the house was in disarray. It was just, it was a nightmare, it was a mess and I'll get into that another day. So it was decided, we, my mom's funeral came and went and I told you all about that in episode two, which that was super fun. And um, the next day, my aunt and my uncle, my sister and I are talking and my brother-in-law is sitting there and we're like, okay, what are you doing? And I said, I think I'm going to go back to school and get my teaching credential and I'm going to move into mom's house and I'm going to restore it and I'm going to find a job and do all of these things that I wanted to do. Well, obviously I didn't get my credential. (laughs) I'm still in human resources at an organization that I love. And um, one of the decisions that was made was I was going to go back to Los Angeles 
and I was going to finish out my contract at the job that I that I was working at and I only had one month left on the contract and I was taking my bereavement leave and all this stuff and so um, I had gone back and I finished the contract and um, incrementally when my ex was not in the apartment I would go and I'd load up my things in believe it or not shopping bags Um, I left a lot behind a lot and it's kind of heartbreaking because there were pictures of my children that I left behind, pictures of my father, my family, collectibles that I had had throughout the years, just a whole bunch of things that I, I, I did not take in my haste. And I regret that. I should have been more thorough. But, you know, when it's a matter of saving your own sanity and saving your own life and trying to be as safe as possible to keep yourself out of harm, you you tend to not focus on small things. Um, Sad to say, though, the pictures of my children are what really devastated me because I can't get those back. I can talk to my ex. Maybe he can share some with me. (laughs) Anywho, um, so... July 31st, 2019, um, that was the last day that I was in Los Angeles and my aunt and uncle came to Los Angeles and loaded up their car with my belongings and I loaded up my car with my belongings and we made my absolute last freedom ride and it was amazing because when I came over the grapevine, and I saw the valley floor. I knew that I was going to be safe. I knew that I was free. And that cloud of hurt and pain and everything that I had gone through with my ex had lifted and I finally felt hopeful. And it's sad to say that it took for my mother to pass away for that opportunity to present itself and to make it okay for me to come back home. Not to say that it wasn't okay before, but this was the aha moment. So there's a lot more to the story. I, my life with him was very chaotic. Um, there were a lot of bad things that happened. Um, People that knew him knew who he was. I mean, he had a horrible relationship with his parents. He was abusive with them physically and emotionally. And his parents actually escaped him about two months after we had gotten married because they figured, well, now he's her problem. We don't have to stick around. And she will soon learn (laughs) what type of a person he is. And I did learn. And it was a huge mistake. He was the biggest mistake of my life. And I'm glad I'm away from him. Um, I filed for divorce in November of 2019. And six months and one day later, it was finalized. And it has been an amazing journey. And... Sadly, I have 
10 years of abuse and conditioning that I have been working on overturning for the past three and a half years. And my current fiance, who I said is just this awesome person, my ideal match in every way, um, has helped me with a lot of that. And I've learned to find my voice and I've learned that it's okay for me to say no and it's okay for me to have my own thoughts and it's okay for me to be a feminist and to have my own ideals and not live up to the standards of the patriarchy because I am Middle Eastern. Um, I was raised in a patriarchal family, so it's all about taking care of the man and making sure that the man is, you know, the be-all, end-all, and if his needs are not met, then, you know, you you have to go and you have to flagellate yourself and and punish yourself for not doing that great of a job taking care of your man. And, you know, shame on you for thinking about yourself. You should put your man first and then your children second and you're last on the list. Well, I'm still learning how to put my needs above the others because if I'm not okay, then no one else is going to be okay. So I'm learning that and my fiance is teaching me those skills because he was born and raised in a matriarchal family where it's the women that call the shots. So it's it's cultural collide, <laughs> but um, it's been interesting. So anyway, I just wanted to come on and share my experiences because I know I'm not the only one that has ever experienced this and if you ever find yourself in a relationship where there is a strong level of coercive controlling behavior and gaslighting and love bombing and the push pull and manipulation you have to learn how to recognize the signs and It took me about six years to recognize the signs. And it took another two years for me to realize that I had to leave. And it took for my mother's death to realize that, well, no, not everybody that I had in my life before I met him had turned their backs on me. They were just waiting for me to open my eyes and to see the truth and to see the things that they had seen all along and they were patiently waiting for me to come back to them. And I love those people. My friends are darlings and I don't know what I would do without them. I love them all. Anyway, so there you have it. I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about on the next podcast and I'm not quite sure when I'm going to make the next podcast, but it definitely won't be a month and a half. I don't anticipate getting COVID again, at least not anytime soon. But um, yeah, I hope you all have happy holidays and a safe new year and just enjoy your time with yourself and your family and friends and Just remember, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have that coercive, controlling partner, you can always reach out to somebody. 
reach out to me. I'm here. So anyway, happy holidays, everybody. Take care. Thank you.